Ladies and gentlemen, we are back and better than ever. I'm sure that you've missed us for the couple of days, or I'm sure you're listening to our last two podcasts on repeat. Uh, I know I do, just because uh, I love to hear the sound of uh, Jimmy James Cooks's voice. Cooks's? <laughs> Cooks. Jimmy James Cooks' voice. And uh, it, it, it rocks me to sleep at night and uh, keeps me comforted and... He's like your ocean waves? He is. He's my white noise. Basically, white noise is just something that's in the background that you don't really listen to, and that would be Jimmy James Cook. That would I, think, ma- I think you're the only person. The only person that listens to you or <laughs> yeah. listens to the podcast on repeat no. or, or listens to the sound of your voice. To me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am your host, Brendan Queeley. Welcome to the Get Around Podcast, episode number one nine. We are just one away from the big 2-0, and I'm pretty happy about that. Although we've put up, I think, at this point, this is episode number 19 of the regular podcast, but I think we put up 34 or 35 uh, of the of some form of the get-around, which is uh, pretty good. We're quite prolific, I would say. But yes, welcome in. Uh, joining me in the studio this week, Jimmy James Cook. He loves that nickname more than anything else in the world. He has two cats, and he's going to name both of them Jimmy James Cook. He's going to rename his cats. One is going to be Jimmy James, and the other one is just going to be Cook. And <laughs> that's, that's weird, because they're both female, too. Be, yeah, it is weird. But hey, it, it's what you got to do, James. I tell you, the person who loves that the most is James Brumfield. <laughs> Jimmy James Brumfield? <laughs> Every time I see him now, he calls me that. Well, I'm going to start calling him Jimmy James Brumfield. That's that's what he we'll, gets We'll now. know it's really stuck when other people start naming their cats Jimmy James and Cook. I'm naming my kid Cook. And my daughter, Jimmy James. <laughs> <laughs> Poor girl. Uh, the other voice that you're hearing is, of course, Brett Summers, who is in probably one of the most dashing dress shirts I've ever seen in my entire life. Thank you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you, I can't even put into words what it looks like. Uh, the only, you'd have to see it. Maybe we'll take a photo and put it up on Twitter later. He's also rocking one hell of a newsboy hat. And... Uh, be singing right along with Christian Bale and Newsies, if anybody knows that. Anybody knows that uh, that movie at all? <laughs> all right. I don't know what's happening on, on this week's episode, but it's it's warm in the studio and I am sweating already. But don't lie. That, you, we, you, we know what's happening on this episode. Are you rocking that? that pink shirt from Kohl's? It is from Kohl's. Is this? I, we get, need to get Cole's sponsorship, right? We, we were do. discussing this off camera or off uh, microphone the other we're day. We're always off camera. Yes. <laughs> Thankfully. <laughs> Thankfully. Three faces for podcasting. But yes, our wardrobe, or most of our wardrobe, I feel like, is provided by Cole's. Although today, uh, jeans from uh, Macy's and a hoodie from Buckle. I was going to say a, a hoodle from Bucky, but <laughs> that, that's not correct. Anybody want to jump in and save me? I'm drowning You're here. You're so basic, Brendan. For fuck's <laughs> sake. Okay, welcome into this episode. That is the ninth time that I've said that. This is the get around. We've got a good one for you today. We are going to be interviewing Traverse City Central point guard Margot Woofter, who is off to just an incredible start after coming off of a six-game suspension. It'll be fun talking to her a little bit later. Uh, we also have the Get Around Hall of Fame, three athletes up for the uh, Athlete of the Week award. And then we will get into the trifecta. This week is the most overrated sports movie, and we'll also have details on how you can win two free movie passes to the state and bijou theaters. 
Before we get to all of that, however, we are starting off this week's show, as we always do, with the pulse as we check the heartbeat of the sports world. This week, uh, we are getting into our girls' basketball all-star team. Last week, we talked about the boys a lot. We had our five starters and seven bench players. We're doing the same this week, and I, I know that we have more than a few of these same names in our starting five and probably more than a few of the same names on our bench. It's... Uh, you, you've got some elite girls basketball players in here, and I figure we might as well start with uh, our guest uh, later in the show, and that would be Traverse City Central's Margot Wifter. Uh, I've got her sitting at my point guard. She's going to be the one running the show, making all the decisions. Uh, I, I want her basketball IQ leading the way for my team. Wifter is so talented offensively, um, off the dribble. I mean, she's got probably the nastiest crossover move uh, in Northern Michigan. I think I've watched her break a lot of ankles uh bringing the ball down the floor that way and then i mean ability to get to the rim shoot from long range she just had a, a 40 point game uh this last week i wish we would have held off inducting her into the get around hall of fame uh because her two big games last week were, were losses for central this one 40 ties a school record in a win that would have been a good way to go in uh but she had 29 and 33 last week she, she also did. broke the school record for most three-pointers in a game uh, she now holds, I think, 15 or 16 school records at, at Central, and more than likely a few more of those are going to fall uh, during the rest of this season. And, and we've talked about it before, but my God, if she could have played four full seasons of, of basketball, you're probably looking at a 2,000-point score. Am I off on that? No, I think no and you're probably looking at a Division One player, too. I mean, if she didn't have... If she didn't tear either ACL, you're looking at probably somebody who's going to go play Division One basketball, I would think. I think the word that, and this word is sometimes overused when describing a player, but honestly, if I can use the cliche of if there was, if, if you looked up the word tenacious in the dictionary, there is a photo of Margot Wolfter right there because she is nothing if not tenacious. She is just all go, no quit. She's always focused. She There's no... She doesn't take a playoff. You talk about coaches wanting their players to never take a playoff. She doesn't know how to take a playoff, honestly. All right, so that's our point guard. Yeah, all three of us have her running the show. I think that's pretty unanimous. Yes, unanimous. All right, anybody want to get into one of their guards uh, that's going to be helping Woofter uh, kick some ass on the court? Yeah, I was going to. I went with Alex Hunter as my other guard, opposite. Uh, Opposite Woofter. You and I are two for two. I also have Alex Hunter. Okay. <laughs> I think and that they would be a great. And I'm looking at your list. We have the same exact team. <laughs> <laughs> well, great minds. Yeah, great minds think uh, alike, buddy. I think that she would be a great backcourt mate for Woofter and that their games would play off each other. I think, uh, you know, Hunter's such a good outside shooter that uh, I think she would open the lanes even more for, for Woofter as far as driving. Woofter can hit the shot three point, three pointers herself. Yeah, um, you course, can't double-team really or triple-team both of them, so one of them is going to be open at some point, and especially with the other three players that we're going to bring up here in a little bit. Uh, those two will be can be raining it from the outside. All right, well, since I know that the next three names all three of us have on our list... Wait, are, they, are we serious? Sure. After yours, all of the other three are the same? Correct. So this is going to be a quick segment, actually. This won't take very long at all, I feel like. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, a ton of talented girls in northern Michigan, but it just seems like, at the very least, three or four really take their game to the next level and kind of separate themselves from a still very talented field. Yes, uh, the 1% of the 1%, the cream of the crop. 
Yes, uh, but for, for me, opposite Wolfter, um, I'm going to put Glen Lake, Savannah Poplinski. Yeah, I mean, a great pick. I've been watching her play now since her freshman year, and she's a senior now. And the, the thing that always stands out to me about her is she gives Glen Lake whatever it is the Lakers need on any given day. If they need her to score because other people's shots aren't falling, she can create her own shot and she will score. If they need her to pass, she'll fill it up and she'll get 10, 12 assists in a game. You know, she didn't score particularly well uh, in Glen Lake's loss in the big matchup last last week to Kingsley, but she came down with 15 boards in that game. And as far as my opinion goes, I, don't, I think she's second to none as far as a, a perimeter defender. I, I would argue that she may be the most talented perimeter defender in northern Michigan, and uh, she always brings that defense regardless of which offensive role she has to play. Yeah, she's my first player off the bench that I would bring in, and a lot of that has to do with her swagger, her confidence when she's playing out there, especially when she's on fire. Uh, there's not too many more fun players to watch than her when, when she's hitting because she will let it fly and has all the confidence in the world that it's going to go in. And, uh, you know, she's the kind of player that you want on your team because she sets a great example just by her play. She's that leader by example. All right, so do we want to just run down the other three players on our list real quick? We'll just, you know, I'll go... Uh, Mackenzie Wilkinson from Kalkaska. Brett, who's the other one? Mariah Pringle from Brethren. And James? Uh, Lee Stuck, Charlevoix. So, yeah, those are pretty much all givens that, that you have to throw on there. One, I honestly, I think having Mackenzie Wilkinson and Margot Woofter on the, sa- on the same team would scare any other team because if you want to talk about two players that – probably go head-to-head with any boys player out there and and push them around those are the two that are going to be able to do it they're just both they're both fighters and fighters in the good way not in terms of you know playing dirty or, or being physical past the point of uh, of where they should in a basketball game even though i think uh stuck is technically going to fall in as the center in this category despite her ball handling uh, abilities i still um, put pringle down low to, to take care of things down there i think yeah stuck is mariah, mariah pringle forward. yeah is a bit of a uh, power forward herself. Um, she's five foot eleven. Uh, I mean, it seems like every other game so far this season is a triple double for her. Um, blocks a, a lot of shots, probably more shots than any other girl in the area to this point in the season. Um, you know, we haven't seen the types of uh, assist or handling numbers that somebody like Stuck gets, or or even Wilkinson as a you know combo guard slash forward but uh she i mean she's putting up 20 plus points a game definitely double digit rebounds every game and then like i said the blocks so she's uh she's a handful on both ends of the floor yeah i think pringles mostly just asked to be a more of a of a down low presence for them so i you know that's probably why they don't she doesn't get the assist stuff like that even though she is about the same size as Mackenzie wilkinson uh i mean elise stuck is just i think maybe maybe one of the most purely talented players in northern Michigan. I mean, she's going to be playing Division One basketball here soon enough. Um, I mean, when you've got that height combined with passing, the ability to shoot the ball, run run the floor, uh, you know, play defense when they need her to, I mean, she can pretty much literally do it all. Um, you know, defense, I guess, maybe not her forte, but when she's called upon to do it, you know, when I've seen her, she's been able to, uh, to put a body on people and, and get that done as well. James, we're going to tap into your vast knowledge and your time here. I mean, at least Stuck is, I mean, the, her, her 
quality of play, level of player. What what's who is the last girls basketball player you've seen to even come close? As far as a big girl? No, I mean uh, any. Or, we're talking that just that talent level. Somebody of uh, Division One caliber, <clears throat> especially this early on. I mean, she's only a sophomore. Had she stayed healthy, I would have said Margot Woofter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, when she was a freshman, I mean, she was just amazing right from the get-go. Uh, similarly, Lindsay Boyajan uh, at Kingsley right away as a freshman was uh, was really, really good before she had ACL problems as well. I mean, before that, I mean, you've got you've got dominant players like Kaylin McPherson at West. I mean, she went to play at Michigan. Um, I mean, so she would probably be one of the one of the last, I guess, huge Division One players to come out of here. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see her pop up in coaching somewhere around here eventually. But uh, but I would maybe maybe say McPherson. We've seen Stuck hit a bit of a sophomore slump here in you know in, in her second year in high school, and I think maybe slump is the wrong word to use. More it, it her. I would say her game has even regressed a little bit, but you're not seeing the same stats that you were seeing from yeah. her last year. Expectation, maybe? Expectation, yeah. yeah. And maybe that's a part of it. Maybe she realizes, you know, last year she came in as a freshman. People knew who she was, but I don't think people realized just how good she was and is. And now they're keying on her a little bit more and making it a little more difficult for, uh, for her to do some of the things that she was able to do last year. Is that pressure can that be a lot on someone who's a sophomore she still does have the rest of this season and then two more years to grow yeah I, I think it can be definitely um i remember before the season even started i remember a coach in the area telling me you know that oh charlevoix has this girl who i think right now is as good as juliana phillips and i was just like whoa <laughs> what are you talking about I mean, juliana phillips is six foot four just dominates in the middle and everything and and this coach was saying that this girl as a freshman is every bit as good as Phillips was then as a senior. And I was like, wow, those are, those are big, uh, big words. But the uh, guy wasn't very far off at all. James, you and I have the same exact starting five, Woofter, Hunter, Wilkinson, Stuck, and Pringle. And then, Brett, you have pretty much the same thing, just swapping out Alex Hunter for Savannah Poplinski. We already mentioned, James, that you and I have Poplinski, but the first one coming off the bench, I know she's at the top of your mm-hmm. list right there. Yep. Uh, another one that you and I have that are similar, and I'm assuming, Brett, you also have this, is Belair's uh, Lexi Nepoth. Another one that can just fill up the stat book. She can come in and provide size, uh, points inside, rebounds, blocks. She is, uh, you were able to see her play against Kingsley. James, uh, what did you see there that uh, kind of impressed you enough to put her on your bench? Yeah, against Gaylord St. Mary. Sorry, Gaylord St. Mary. She's just a dominating rebounder. I mean, if the ball gets close to her, she's going to go get it. Um, and she's not the biggest girl. I mean, she's kind of like Pringle. Where she's like 5'9", five, 5'9 nine, five, nine five, maybe 5'10". Five, so, she, you know, maybe Wilkinson size or whatever. But she's not, uh, you know, a huge girl, but she's just, uh, you know, Gaelic St. Mary players, I think, in that game stepped on the end line about six times in the game because they had to try to go around her to get rebounds. And so they, when, they, when they would get a rebound from her, they were so far out of position that they would end up on the end line and be out of bounds and, and barely get the ball. I really haven't seen that a whole lot in a in a basketball game, and it was you know. And then she's also a, a pretty consistent scorer for them. She's a good defender, uh, she, and she stays out of foul trouble for somebody who who plays like that too, which is which is a, a, another huge bonus. Yeah, I had Nepoth coming off the bench uh, for my team as well. You know, a name 
not not just the last name because that's a pretty prolific family in the Bel Air area, but but hers it's almost uh, like the Bullas in uh, Traverse City. Yeah, and, and uh, I mean it, hers hers in particular. We've been hearing Lexi Nepoth for a long time already. She's certainly an established player uh, in the area, and um, I think well deserving of being uh, named among. The, the best players in uh, girls basketball in northern Michigan. All right, Brett, you want to run down the rest of the players you got on your bench? Yeah, so you guys had uh, Gaylord St. Mary's Alex Hunter uh, in your starting five. She she was my first off the bench. I've also got Kingsley's Brittany Bowman, Glen Lake's Jen LaCrosse, uh, Buckley's Shelby Cade, Kingsley's Jalen Brumfield, and Petoskey's Isabel Anderson. Nice. I actually have 11 out of my 10 players are from different schools. The only one that I have a double up on is Kingsley, and that is the aforementioned uh, Brittany Bowman, but I also have J.C. King, who when I saw her play against Traverse City West, I was just really impressed with her game, really confident out there, and uh, I thought certainly deserving of a spot on the bench. Uh, I also have Lauren Bramer from Traverse City St. Francis, uh, Miley Church from Benzie Central, and then a, a last kind of second edition, maybe not last second, but uh, Bear Lake's Yuki Babinak. Um, you know, I haven't had a chance to see her, but when the head coach calls in, always has uh, a lot of uh, impressive numbers from her. Yeah, I had a lot, a lot of the same ones. Uh, like I said, Poplinski, first one off the bench. Uh, Lexi Nepoth was the second one on the list. And I had uh, Jalen Brumfield, um, after seeing her, I mean, when, 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 she, when the, the on switch is on with her, she is hard for just about anybody to stop. And, uh, and she could just do things at the court that you just don't see many girls basketball players being able to do. And then uh, Lauren Bramer from Traverse City St. Francis, Caitlin Schaub from Glen Lake. I think on this kind of team, I think her kind of unique skill set for a, for a post player I think would really be good with uh, not having to uh, stay down low the whole time. And she's taking a big jump this year. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then I also had Miley Church from Benzie Central. And then my last player, I put Kelsey Byes from Kingsley as uh, another ki- another player. Um, and I, you know, Brett said that Savannah Peplinski is uh, the best defensive player, I think, in the perimeter or in the area. Kelsey Byes has got to be a close second on that. Um, when they played head-to-head the other day, she you know, limited Peplinski to three, six points. And then and Byes had like six steals by herself. Um, and then she can also score, get on the, on the transition, and just gives that energetic defensive player off the bench. Were there any players that you guys struggled to, uh, that, where, you, where you left them off? You just mentioned Caitlin Schaub. That was one that I had trouble mm-hmm. leaving her off. Uh, I also had trouble not putting uh, Sarah Chenard from Traverse City St. Francis on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were plenty of you know, good, solid starters that would be nice role players on this team. Anybody else that yeah. you thought, like, man, should have been on here? Yeah, Chenard and Bramer were both on my list before I was forced to trim to seven, so... Uh, I mean, they're right there, certainly not a knock on them by any means, uh, not being in that uh, bench seven. but um. mm-hmm. And then I also, um, one of the ones that was uh, Emily Myler from Gaylord St. Mary, uh, she would be another nice uh, forward with some height, with some good height there and uh, able to do a lot of things. Well, we'd like to hear from our listeners out there. It was nice that we got a couple of submissions last week when we asked for who we thought should be the boys' starting five. We did get a great one from uh, Buckley soccer head coach John Vermilia, who I believe had the entire Buckley roster as his starting five and then bench, and then was kind enough to put me on the bench as well. And it was very funny. 
misguided, I would say. It's not <laughs> not to say that I'm not uh, uh, that I can't still fill up the stat sheet as a 33 year old with creaky knees that crack every time I bend my legs. But I don't know. I'm pretty sure I could keep up with some high school kids. As I can see, both of my <laughs> both of them in the studio, James and Brett, are nodding their heads enthusiastically, saying, "Yes, Brendan, you can play with high school basketball kids." You should be in the 24-hour game next year. We're at West. I would have been there. I would have been there uh, this year, but I went home for Thanksgiving. So unfortunately, I was not able to play in that game. If I don't ever go home for Thanksgiving, I would like to play in that game sometime. But you know, deer hunting only comes once a year. So, all right, all good stuff from all three of us. I would say, why don't we get into our interview with? the one at the top of our list on the starting five and right now probably a leading candidate for our Dream Team Player of the Year, and that is Traverse City Central's Margo Woofter. It is our pleasure to welcome in Traverse City Central point guard Margo Woofter. Thank you for coming into the studio. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right, first question. We had discussed this. The first question that we were going to ask your Twitter handle, what the hell is MargFart99? <laughs> Marg makes sense. I understand yes. that. 99, I'm assuming that's the year you were born. Mm-hmm. Farg? Um, okay, so actually that was my Yahoo handle when I was in second grade, and my cousin and I got to make them, and my aunt made that name for me. And I just, I'm not a Twitter girl. I never go on Twitter. So I've just let it be. And people make fun of me, like, to this day. So now it's just kind of my thing. Mark Farg, 99. So we should ask your aunt what, why, why Mark Farg. <laughs> why Mark Farg. Yeah, I guess. All right, well, we'll get, we'll get her on the line soon. <laughs> okay. A little bit later on in the podcast. Uh, the other thing that we'll, we'll talk about real quick is we had, just before we got on the air here, we had talked, I had said that you strike me as the type of girl who might swear a little bit from time to time and enjoys cursing. Mm-hmm. I myself really like it. <laughs> if anybody has listened to this podcast, I have had to bleep out a couple of the things that I've said, but I heard that your family got a little, I don't know if they were upset or they just were kind of making fun of you for a quote that, well, I, I quoted you after the, yeah. uh, the game. I didn't know you would take me word for word, but... No, I, <laughs> that is her job. That right? is your job, right? <laughs> it's in quotes. Yes. So um, you said yes. that you had twisted your ankle like a million times, and it really pisses you off. Mm-hmm. And I had discussed it with my editor. Honestly, I had texted him and say, "Hey, what do you think about using the word pisses?" And he go, he said, "It's up to you. I trust your judgment." And my judgment is always to to use the bad <laughs> Just word. Use the bad word. <laughs> um, yes, I actually didn't. I I never know unless someone tells me if there's an article. And so my dad screenshotted it and said in our family group chat and he was like laughing and my sister laughed and my mom was like let's just be a little more eloquent next time (laughs) yeah she did not think that was funny well (sighs) sorry Mrs. Woofter I apologize for putting that in there it doesn't make your daughter look bad it just it it kind of uh, you you asked us the rest of us on the the sports department too about it and you know my I've seen Margo play before and you know I sort of agreed with you I felt like it was relevant just because of the intensity and the you know the get after it she shows on the floor and that kind of uh, speaks to the way she played and the the intensity that she has so I, I thought it was an okay time to use it as well. Oh, well thank you. You make it sound better. Than it is. And we didn't get. I thought for sure I was going to get an email or a phone call or something because everybody kind of gets in a, in a knot when we have even like damn in in the paper and mm-hmm. but. 
Nothing. No so one cared. you were Whew. you're off scot free. <laughs> you were you were fine. And if anything, they were going to get mad at me for using it. Mm. So Brett was talking about your intensity on the court, and I had said before we got on the air that when I watch you, I am a little bit afraid of you just because you're so intense. <laughs> Do you have fun when you're out there playing basketball? Because I'm not sure if I ever see you smile all that often. You're smiling right now, which is great, and I appreciate <laughs> that. But I'm not saying you need to smile more or anything. You just you're always so laser focused, and it's, it's yeah. pretty impressive. Um, I like the intensity of the game is fun for me so yes it's it's like exhilarating to be focused and intense and I like to win so I take it pretty seriously I, I'll smile after it once we win but I'm just pretty down to business in the moment so something that I, I like to ask athletes do you hate losing more than you love winning or is it the other way around um, I think it's it can vary depending on, on it can yeah it can actually just like vary on on the mood and the game and there's also times where I'm like okay if I don't win this this is gonna be like you better win this people are expecting you to win this game so sometimes it's like fear of a loss that will push you but usually it's the joy of winning yeah you had 29 points 33 points and then a school record tying 40 points. Are you aware of what you're doing on the court when you're scoring that much, or are you not really pay atten- paying attention to the stats? I'm really not paying attention. When my dad told me I had 40 after the game, I, I was like, oh, there's no way. It did, not, it did not feel like that that game. Usually, There's some games where I feel hot, like, oh, yeah, I'm putting up numbers, but the, it was not like that for the 40 game. And I think it was just because my I wasn't really getting my three-pointer, which is that's usually when I feel like I'm going off. But, um, no, I don't. I don't have time to pay attention to how much I'm scoring. So, What is your relationship like with your teammates when you're out on the court? How do you kind of uh, guide them through it, and what's the, the back and forth that you get? Yeah, actually, we were talking after the Alpina game with my teammates, and that game I was, I was kind of all over them. I was super intense. It was a big game. It was Alpina, and I just kind of demanding a focus. And one thing I just like appreciate about them is we can be friends off the court. I, I'm really close with my teammates and they know that I love them so much and I really do appreciate their work and their hustle and that in those moments it's just I know they're good and I know what they're capable of so they we're gonna be our best and I also appreciate I get on them and I'll yell at them and then afterwards we're cool and I appreciate that because I know that's not easy from for them to respond to me like that so it's a dynamic that I'm just like, really appreciative of. How, how have you gone about earning that understanding over your four years as a varsity player? Because I feel like that's maybe not necessarily something you can you can do as a freshman, even if you are very right. talented. Versus now you're a senior. Yeah, well, I I definitely have to kind of give credit to Farmer too. He kind of he like allows me to be a leader. He allows me to be hard on them, but. I also take it super serious to lift my teammates up, especially in practice. I I try to high-five and love on them as much as possible and build a relationship with everybody on the team so that it's not like, okay, who is this girl who's just yelling at me on the court right now? It's like we're friends, and they know I care about them, but this is business. It's not personal. And I just, I've always gone about, like, you have to build a trust in a relationship where they can respond to you or they won't. Where does that attitude come from, that that natural leadership that you have? Who would you kind of credit for giving you that? Or is it just something that was in you from birth? I don't want to sound cocky, but I just like I've always kind of, I don't know if it's bossiness or what, but I've always kind of been a leader. And I was actually laughing with my parents the other night. I was like, when I was younger, I'd be like, I don't want to be a leader. Every I don't like the pressure. And it's just something like I've 
I, I think I developed into onto my own, and then my dad is always like, you're the leader of this team, what you do and what what you say everyone else follows. And I know that, and it's a responsibility that sometimes I still am like, oh, it's a lot to handle, but when it comes down to it, it allows me to lead a team, which I want to do so I can win. I mean, do you think some of that sense of urgency and intensity, does, does it come from the fact that you've already missed so many games because of the injuries that you've had to deal with throughout your career that you know you have a limited amount of these games to play that you have to make sure each and every one that you get is, is meaningful? Yeah, I do feel level of pressure that's like everyone kind of waited for my arrival. And so when I came back, I did feel like, okay, you, you better show up. There was people are expecting things from you so yeah I do feel like an added pressure with the games but I I think that I always play with that intensity just because that's how I play I don't feel like I'm counting down the games it's more just like people have waited and they have an expectation and I do feel pressure to meet that I don't want to keep like continuing to heap praise upon you, but you are such a really talented and great player. Thank you. We discussed earlier on the show that if you had been able to play a full four years, you'd probably look scoring 2,000 points in your career. The mental strength that you have, because if I had torn, I tore ACL, MCL, and cartilage in one of my knees, mm-hmm. and was it was very difficult for me to come back mentally, you have torn both ACLs. I, I don't know if I'd be able to step on the court without worrying every time that I was going to do it again. How do you overcome that? Um, I had an awesome team behind me, both surgeries. I had Dr. Kerr, and then I had um, Lynn at Great Lake Orthopedics. She was my physical therapist. And I I worked super hard in physical therapy, but I also had people there pushing me the entire way and supporting me the entire way. So I, when I got back... I shouldn't say I wasn't scared. The first one, I, I was definitely m- more hesitant coming back, but I feel good now. I don't notice them. Like I feel healthy. I feel strong. It, I'm honestly shocked by how, how natural I feel in my own body and how quickly it came back when I got on the court. The, my first one, I think I, I was super antsy to come back, and I came back too soon. And luckily, like the timing of my second one, it gave me ample amount of time to recover fully and really feel comfortable on the court because I was healthy by September coming into the season. So I got to go to open gyms. I got to sit out in open gyms if it was feeling funny, where the, the first one, I, it was mid-season coming back, and I, I think I rushed that a little bit, which kind of, I mean... I definitely overcompensated on my one side and then I tore the other one. So So has there was there a moment either sometime in September doing those open gyms or you know early on this season or maybe when practice started? I mean, what was the what was that moment where you're like, "All right, I'm back." I actually just remember it was after a game and my dad my dad just asked like, "Do you notice them? Do you feel them?" and I said no and he was like, "It doesn't look like it. You don't play like it." And that's when I felt like okay, I'm back. Like my dad's reassurance also means a lot to me. So when he said he didn't see me favoring or anything, I was, I felt like I was back to me again. You've mentioned your family a couple of times. How much is their support meant to you throughout both your athletic career and then the obstacles that you've had uh, overcome? Um, my family is like the biggest support system you could have. My dad <clears throat> has coached and played basketball his, all his life. So I've always been in the gym with him and he's been, um, my number one fan and like the biggest 
person pushing me. There's been times where I like want to punch him in the face while we're in the gym, but I know it's again you seem like that kind of girl. I'm not that, not trying to be insulting, but yeah. You... I, I but it's I know now looking back like there's no one like I won't have a coach, I won't have a teammate. There's no one who can say anything to me that will mess with me like my dad's mess with me. Like I can. I can have some things thrown at me and I'll be fine. And I, in the moments, of course, hated it, but I'm, I would not be the player or person I am if I didn't have that kind of tough love. And then my mom is just like the rock everybody stands on. So she's just like that voice of reason when my dad and I are kind of the hothead so <laughs> yeah <laughs> she balances it out see I think that's why we I can identify with you the hothead that's, <laughs> yeah. uh, I have a little bit of that as well uh, do you think you could play with the boys we the Brett and I have talked about it James all three of us have talked about it can you step on the court with the boys and handle your own uh, yeah I think I yeah we all do too <laughs> thanks <laughs> not even being cocky I'm just a competitor yeah and I like I go to open gyms I play with them so yeah I'm a little bit reluctant to bring this up, but you said when we were doing the pre-interview that you'd be okay with it. Mm-hmm. The the six-game suspension that you had to start the season, how much did that take a toll on you uh, mentally? It was devastating, for sure. And we were talking about my family support, but um, like the day after, um, like I knew I was going to be suspended, I had my five best friends, who I'm super close with, come over and just like kind of lay in bed and cry with me because it was devastating but I had people to love on me and prepare me for what I was gonna have to overcome and face and I would not have been able to do it without them but the lesson probably sticks with you but the mistake is behind you Mm -hmm. is that how you look at it for sure yeah and I I also think I was kind of on a, a path that that was my wake up call and as painful and embarrassing that is um it needed to happen and it did so that's a really great way an extremely mature way to to look at at something like that to to make a mistake like that and then understand that yeah maybe that was a wake-up call that I needed I know that I've been there a few times where you know you're going down the wrong path and you need something to just kind of nudge you if not shove you uh, in, right. in the other direction yeah I for sure like my mom in the moment was like this is a reminder that you're not invincible that there are consequences and and everyone thinks that's not gonna happen to me and I for sure yeah no it's gonna happen to you (laughs) Uh, well yeah I'm sorry you had to go through that but you are uh, you know you've come back uh, with a vengeance with the fury and are, are killing it out there on the court as we've talked about you probably if you're playing all four years you're a 2,000 point scorer do you think had the injuries and I know that you're happy to be going to Indiana Wesleyan mm-hmm. but are if none of those things happen and I hate to keep harping on this but are you a division one player if people aren't looking at your medical history yeah I think so but again I Indiana Wesleyan is just like hands down God's plan for me and I know that 100% and I'm so excited and thankful to be playing there there was for sure moments where I was just kind of bitter like I've put in a lot of work for this and I it was just frustrating to see kind of it slip away with the injury and with the suspension this this the suspension was definitely kind of like I felt like it slip away like I just kind of like sealed the deal on not going D1 but I um actually called my coach, Indiana Wesleyan, Coach Whaley, who's my coach now, or will be next year, and I I didn't want him to find out about it from anyone else but me, so I was just honest and told him exactly what happened, and actually on the phone with me, he prayed with me in the moment, and we were both, like, crying on the phone, and, like, that's just, 
that's when I knew like this is where I'm gonna grow as a player but also as like the servant that God wants me to be and I I went on my visit and it was everything that I had hoped it would be and that was actually right after the suspension and uh, we had a prayer group with the team and like I opened up to them about what had happened and they like all prayed for me and I like had just felt their love even from TC they've all texted me and like kept tabs on me and like that's just the kind of support that you're I don't think you'll get D1 and some people kind of knock it that it's D2 but the opportunities that I'll get there just to be a servant and play the sport that I love and get the education that I want it's hands down what I want how important is your faith to you you brought that up more than a few times here what is that uh, your faith play a role in your life uh, yeah, it's super important. Um, I've grown up in a Christian home all my life, but um, definitely for my own self, I've built a faith in God. And so, um, yeah, I'm really excited to go there. We actually will take basketball trips all throughout the summer, but we're going to the Dominican Republic and we're playing a couple games, but then we're building like schools or something like that. Like we're doing mission trips. So that's the thing that I'm most excited about. Yeah, I've known a few girls who have gone on uh, in their high school career have gone on mission trips to the mm-hmm. Dominican Republic, and yeah. they've come back and say it's it's changed their view on the world. So I'm very excited that you get to go do that. I think yeah, you're okay. I think you're really gonna love it. So we also came out with our girls all star team, and the first name that came off all of our lists was your name, and all this had you run the point. Is there or are there a couple of players in the northern Michigan area that you would put on your all-star team or ones that you'd like to play with? Or if you can go with a whole starting five. Without you on it, you can't put yourself on it. That's just... In the BNC that we're talking? In, in any northern, nor- any yeah. northern Michigan players from any northern school. Northern Michigan players from any school. Unless you just pay attention to yourself and that's I it. Yeah, just super self-absorbed. <laughs> <laughs> um, Honesty, I love it. <laughs> just, I'm trying to think... I mean, they can be all BNC if you want. Okay. Or just open it. I mean, it's... Oh, oh, I know. Um, Elise Stuck. I actually played with her over s- summertime. We played on the same um, AAU team, and she's awesome. I, I played against her first lap my junior year, and um, I didn't really like her because I played against her. <laughs> and then it was funny. I come to practice, and I'm like, oh, she's on the team. And she is just like a dog. Her and I together, it's so much fun. She yeah, has that scary. same fire and intensity. Oh, she's awesome. So She, I she sure was also on all three of our teams. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, no, she's a beast. She's fun to play with. Um, geez, but my knowledge of other people is actually embarrassing. Self-absorbed. Got it. Yep. Great. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but at least for sure. <laughs> What's the uh, the legacy that you want to leave behind at Traverse City Central? You've got you know a couple more months there to play basketball. What's the one thing that you want to leave on the court for the the future players come through the Trojan program? I want to leave behind the legacy that girls can be intense and tough and nasty in a good way on the court, <laughs> and and that's fun and. Being a tough competitor and just nitty gritty work—that's that, that's what I want to leave behind. Was there a player like that that you looked up to at one point? Yeah, for sure, Dory Lonsbach. Um, actually, my dad coached her when he was a varsity girls coach, and so I got to be around that team when I was a little girl. I went to all their practices, and now it's awesome. Christmas break, Dory comes home from actually playing over in Scotland, and I get to play her one on one when I was in third grade and she was a senior. And I just like that. Her work ethic always inspired me, and. People, I don't, I don't know. It always bugs me when people are like, "You don't want to leave behind, like, be a good teammate." The best competitors have their teammates behind them, so they're good teammates. But that, just 
the desire to win that fire that makes you work, that's something that I just like fiend for. And I want other people to know that that's what's going to make you great. And that's fun. That's what makes you win. So what's the what's the goal in college? Um, I want to win a national broad. title. That's the big <laughs> one. But um, we play. Oh shoot, I wish I remember the the team's name. But our league is really tough um, in Indiana. So I think it just be to dominate our league, and it's. I think we have a chance to go far. Um, so that would be my goal for basketball wise. Are you anticipating being able to play early? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I had a talk with the coach, and he said that the ball was going to start in my hands, so. Yeah, you do not lack any confidence <laughs> at all. Well, he told me that. I didn't well, have I'm that confidence. Well, I'm not saying, right, I'm not, <laughs> but even still, but I, I would imagine that that confidence that in yourself shows through whenever you talk to uh, to your coach or your future coach, I sh- could, you know, I should say, that he's confident that he can put the ball in your hands and they're going to be in, in good hands. I mean, I mean, I was. It meant a lot, honestly. Like I said, that recruiting trip and the meeting that we had after it felt like dream come true. <laughs> yeah. So we we've covered a lot of stuff on the floor, or at least things closely related to the floor. I mean, you're putting so much time into basketball, and then obviously, as school is probably taking up another good chunk, mm-hmm. is there much time left over for anything else? Um. Oh yeah, I'm with my friends constantly. If I'm not in the gym, I'm with. I I have the best friends. So yeah. So what are you guys doing? We are just hanging out, or we're going out and eating food, just being silly. That's really it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't Can't be serious all the time. No, it can't be. Yeah, we're, we're wild. Whatever we want to do, we'll go do. We went skating on East Bay. Have you heard about that kind of craze that's going on? No, I have not. It's, it's, a, cra- it's a craze? It's it, a craze. Everyone's doing it. It's clear. The ice is I'm not doing it. Straight through. You guys are missing out then. Everyone else. It's so much fun. Yeah, we just went to run around on the ice because we don't actually have skates, but other people were skating. I've taken my dogs out on the ice. I've gone up Old Mission Peninsula oh, yeah. and taken taking the puppies out there yeah it's awesome because like the ice ends and then it's like water so you mm-hmm. feel like you're walking right onto the edge it's cool all right sounds intense that was our recent fun <laughs> all right well margo uh, thank you so much for yeah. joining us i really appreciate you know one you being candid uh, about everything and uh, it really was just an absolute pleasure talking to you so oh, thank, thank you thank you thanks for having me <laughs> Another thank you to Margo Wifter for being our guest on this week's episode. Uh, always great to have a local athlete here on the podcast. And since she won the Get Around Hall of Fame last week as our Athlete of the Week, figure that will transition perfectly into this week and our Get Around Hall of Fame nominees. I will go ahead and get started. I was able to go and watch Traverse City West play against Tawas on Friday, and they took care of business after what was a pretty slow start. Brett, you were there taking photos, and we were both kind of chatting with each other that that was not a good start to the game. A 7-6 to six that you score after one doesn't really scream solid basketball. but It uh, wasn't solid basketball. It, it was screaming leave. Le- yeah, leave. It, well, it, yeah. it was bad. It was... It, yeah. It was it was slow. There were turnovers, and it, yeah, it just. Uh, but West really turned it around, and the reason that West turned it around is because of my nominee, and that is Brady Storkel. He finished with 23 points. He had eight of those in the second quarter, which really kind of got everything started for the Titans. Talking to Traverse City West head coach Sanders Fry after the game, he said that he, and this was a quote, said that Brady is the heart and soul of the team. He's the one that sticks to the game 
game plan more than any of the other players, and I feel like a high praise like that from his head coach is certainly uh, worthy of uh, you know at, at least a nomination for the Get Around Hall of Fame after scoring 23 points in a 20-point win against the Braves. Yeah, he uh, he really got West going there before I left even. Um, a, a lot of stuff in transition. Um, the, the traps West was throwing at Tavas finally started to work a bit, and he got some easy layups. And well, I didn't get to see it in the second half of that game because uh, I had to get back and take calls. He, I mean, once he sees the ball go in the basket, he's just one of those shooters that he's now locked in for the rest of the game. There was a really pretty, uh, I, I think Eric Lundgren was about a step past half court, and he found uh, Storkel streaking towards the basket and threw a perfect alley-oop for Storkel to grab and put in, kind of uh, just set the crowd on fire. It was, it was pretty cool to see. Jimmy James, cook your nomination. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Traverse City West goaltender Elliot Sitkins. Uh, he made uh, 24 saves, led the Titans to an upset of number eight ranked Marquette over the weekend. Yeah, head coach uh, Jeremy Rintela was pretty impressed with uh, Sitkins yesterday when I was talking to him on the phone. And uh, a kid that can stop 24 out of the 25 shots he sees against uh, you know number eight in Division Two is uh, is definitely a good candidate. And uh, I'm I'm gonna already preface my candidate that for one reason in particular is not gonna come out on the right end of this vote. Uh, but I am going to nominate Denver Cade overall. Three for nine. Oh, <laughs> overall, he had a very good week. Uh, Buckley went three and zero, um, and in wins over Leland Kingsley. They and went three for nine. Is that what you said? Oh, three and zero. Sorry, I thought you meant uh, what he shot from the free throw line. In I'm sorry, Denver. I don't mean to to rag on you. You're you are just a high school basketball player, but um, you know they're called free throws for a reason, buddy. And this right there, that takes care of my what many people uh, accuse me of, which is Buckley homerism, and uh, I'm criticizing a Buckley player here. So, and he's not going to be the uh, get around Hall of Fame inductee this week. He's not, but he had <laughs> he, he had 24, 24 points against Leland. Really stand behind your nomination there, Brett. Good job. Yeah, sometimes get into convictions. <laughs> twenty four points versus Leland, sixteen versus Kingsley, nineteen on the road, and Manton. Really helped fuel Buckley's 18-2 run there in the second half. That overcame a seven-point deficit, uh, gave the Bears a two-point win. But, yeah, he missed a ton of free throws down the stretch, as what Brennan was alluding to. Well, I was watching the game, and thankfully you uh, you live-streamed it via Twitter. And I joked in my column that the MHSAA is coming after you, buddy. I saw. Uh, but... Man, Weber clanking three in a row, and then Ridge clanking one before he he hit the second of of his two. I went, wow, they are. And not, not, they're going to lose this game. Not, not to pile on, but Cade had a pair with three seconds left before the half that would have given Buckley the lead, and he missed them both there also. You mean after the third quarter, right? No, half, going into halftime. Going into halftime? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. And you can't miss the front ends of one and ones because that costs you a, another shot. I think, like I wrote in my article, they left 15 plus points out on that court. And shockingly, ha- I mean, it was, if it was crazy. Perry's shot goes in, and that looked good. It did look good. I was watching, and I went, this, that's in, because he had a nice open look, and I think just a little too much Wheaties uh, in the morning because it just went off the back of the rim. But the crazy thing is, though, uh, Jaden Perry and Hunter Rule both missed free throws in that game, too, and they are a pair of outstanding free throw shooters. So I, actually, I, don't, I don't know what it was about that game on Saturday that – all these kids who typically shoot free throws really well were, were missing crucial ones, but uh, it w- it was kind of crazy. It was all their third their third game in 
one week, which is not the most common thing for a high school basketball player. I, went, I, I went back and I looked uh, at at our all-region team last year because I wanted to see what uh, Jaden Perry shot and what Hunter Rule shot from the free throw line. And I, for, I don't know, for some reason thought they were both shooting, you know, 85 percent or above, but Jaden Perry was 75 percent and Rule was 74 percent. It was because down the stretch through their regional championship and in the playoffs, they were both shooting 90 through all those high-pressure situations. So it kind of probably just made you ignore the regular season. But did you but, see those? I mean, they can be that good. You see those stats that I found about uh, Brad Redford from Frankenmuth? Kid hit 102 free throws in a row. Did, holds like. Did he granny shot him like uh, Rick Barry? He he did. Or the uh, he did. Who, who's the who, who's the small kid from Hoosiers? The little little blonde, <laughs> old granny shot. We'll just call him old granny shot from Hoosiers. That's since I can't remember what his name is. But Frankenmuth's. I don't think that oh, he did okay. because he was playing about a decade ago. But he still holds holds three of the top four spots for free throw percentage in a season. He holds the career free throw percentage in, in most in a row. And the records aren't even close. I mean, no one can really uh, can really touch him. So that just shows you how important free throws are because Blair, uh, Blair Moss, head coach of Buckley, said they could be 7-1 and one right now if they would hit free throws. And I don't think he's wrong because there were several games where they – uh, they only lost by a few points. I think the one game that they definitely lose is the one against Frankfurt. Shall we cast our votes since no one is going you, for Denver you Cade? You want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. I'll cast my vote for Mr. Sitkins. All right. <laughs> oh, you're going to leave it up to me again. I see how it is. Um, I'll, I'll go I'll go historical. I mean, I saw against TC Central. I mean, he was really good in that game as well when I saw him. Um, and just, like you said, plays within the offense, uh, has a great shot. Uh, you know, also knows how to get to the basket, um, and, and just a, has has taken that I think leadership on on his shoulders as far as the the backcourt there, especially with Alex Keene out. Cool. I'm gonna go with are Denver you? Cade from Buckley. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna ask you, are he you hit, are you gonna find your heart and he go hit, go? With uh, he hit three free throws, which is really good. I mean, I don't know how many attempts he had, but he hit three of them. No, I'm going to go with Starkle as well, just because I had a chance to uh, to see him play. And uh, I was going to ask you if you were going to have the heart to let James win, but... James has won like three times already in the winter season. He's fine. All right? I had a rule in the winter. And what's, what's great is that I like that this is a competition between us awarding players <laughs> who are actually playing a sport, but it's all about whether or not our nomination wins, but... Yeah, it's uh, congratulations to Trevor City West, Brady Storkel as our latest inductee into the Get Around Hall of Fame as our Athlete of the Week. Let's move on now to the details of how you, our dear listener, can win two free tickets to the State or Bijou Theaters. We talked about this on the Get Around After Dark, the latest episode of that, so you can go back and check uh, for the details there, but I'll just go over them very quickly again. You need to pick the winners of these six games, send those in to us via email, resports at record-eagle.com. Again, that's resports at record-eagle.com. The deadline for this is Wednesday at 7 p.m. The games you need to pick are from Hockey, West versus Central, and Central versus the Reps. In boys basketball, St. Francis versus East Jordan and Traverse City West versus Alpena. And then in girls basketball, the battle of the Centrals as Traverse City Central and Benzie Central go at it. And then Kalkaska versus Elk Rapids. The tiebreaker is, of course, you need to predict the final score of the battle of the Centrals. And that is, again, girls basketball, Traverse City Central versus Benzie Central. 
You can find a list of the games in the description below. And again, email the to resports at record-eagle.com. Let's go ahead and wrap things up here, as we always do, with the trifecta. I really do love hearing the sound of my own voice, but only when I'm talking. When I have to listen back and edit this podcast, I am exhausting. We really should get some pre-produced little intros for the segments. One, so we don't have to hear you talk so much. (laughs) And two, so that, you know, it's actually something snappy. (laughs) Something quick. Something snappy. All right. Uh, Yeah, we'll wrap things up here with the trifecta this week. We are going over our most overrated sports movie. We've already done the most underrated, and I was made fun of for my pick because no one knew what The Endless Summer was. But, uh, well, Jimmy James, I'm going to have you kick this one off. What is your most overrated movie? And I'm sorry, but I took a peek at your list over there, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. (laughs) So show me the money! Yeah. That, you take that line out of it, and you take the little kid talking about the human head being eight pounds. Jonathan and the rest, Lipnicki. And oh the, my god, I cannot believe that I just pulled that name out of my ass. Jonathan Lipnicki. You, you take those two things out of that line, or out of that movie, and the rest of it is just a steaming pile of shit. Pile. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, James, you had me at hello. Did you know that? No, no one you, had no one had anyone at hello because it you was, complete because it was Jimmy Tom James Cruise Cook. overacting everything <laughs> and having to stand on platform shoes because he's only like five four. Yeah, and then you know, Renee Zellweger was like the, the plainest. Always looks like she's sucking on a lemon. <laughs> I've only seen like three quarters of that movie one time, so I aside from the show me the money thing, so you couldn't even make it that, through it. Sure, we could use that as the argument. <laughs> uh, do I? I'm not sure if I've seen it on a lot of like top fifty sport. Have we? Have, is it on there? Are we going to have to put it in when we do our sports movie madness in March? Yeah, I, I don't think so. Are we going to have so. to put it on there? I think we're going to. I mean, we have sixty four movies. I mean, apparently, I'm not to. qualified to rate it one way or the other, but I don't think so. Well, we can. All, gonna all, st- you're going to start getting people excited about that already. Well, yeah, it's going to be coming up in March. We're going to be. Uh, putting up a bracket of 64 sports movies, four brackets, obviously. Uh, we're not going to have, like, no two pl- playing no playing games. No, no playing games or anything like that. I think we're going to have trouble enough getting 64 sports movies, let alone 68. But, yeah, look for that one uh, coming up in March. It should be a lot of fun. Another way for people to interact with us on the Get Around podcast. Episode number 19. All right, well, I'll jump into my pick for most overrated sports movie, and I feel like one or both of you is going to be upset by this. As long as it's not the Sandlot, I'm going to be all right. No, 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 Moneyball. Ooh. I think it's incredibly overrated. No, that that does hurt me a little bit. It has a great cast. I mean, Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill, Philip Philip Seymour Hoffman. Rest in peace. Chris Pratt. Um, But... I mean, I watched. young Chris Pratt. I watched it, and I'm not gonna say I thought it was bad. Like I thought it was, I thought it was all right, maybe good, but I don't think it. In my, I mean, in my opinion, it doesn't deserve to be up there with movies like Rocky and. Um, well, it's a different kind of sports. It, movie. it is. It is, but I just, I don't know. I I just. I don't think it's that great. I just remember watching the A's go on that streak back in 2001 and just losing my mind uh, because at that time, 
uh, my two favorite teams were the White Sox and the Oakland A's until Billy Bean started fleecing the White Sox, it seemed like, every year. And getting good players from us and giving us back... It's Billy, like Chicago West. Giving us back Billy Koch, and I swear to God, I still... I, I still don't like that. He man. was in your column as well. He was. And I can't believe two days in a row that I'm talking about the worst closer in White Sox history who, who's just like, hey, let me come in and blow up a game completely. Terrible. <laughs> That's like every Tigers closer. Well, I wouldn't know anything about that because it seems that the, the Tigers had the White Sox number for, for several years too. So, you Remember that, the, the fight between the White Sox and the Tigers? I think that was back in like 03 or 04. Remember when the bench is cleared? I don't remember. And that was kind of the turning the point Sox for the White the, Sox that season? Oh, that was so much fun. I remember the White Sox and the, is it the Rangers? Well, yeah, where, I remember that. Where, where, Nolan Ryan, where uh, gave Robin Ventura. The gave him the noogies. Yeah, yeah. Punched him on the top of the head. The old joke, uh, who's the only guy to ever get four hits off of Nolan Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> Rob Ventura. Or Robin Ventura. That's all he's going to be remembered for. That and sliding into home plate and pushing his the bone of his leg through his ankle so or through the skin. It was... It was nasty if you've ever seen that one. Look it up. Uh, what do you got, Brendan? Oh, what do I have? Yes, let's talk about me real quick. I am going with Bull Durham. I do not like that movie. Uh, the only role that I like Tim Robbins in is that of Andy Dufresne in The Shawshank Redemption. Um, but, I, yeah, I don't like Nuke Lelouch. I, I just found him very unlikable in his want to announce his presence with authority did and, you watch that recently? Uh, why is that? Because I thought back when we did the boxing films, at that point you hadn't seen it yet. No, I had seen it. Oh, you had? Okay. I hadn't seen Raging Bull. Oh, yes. Those yes. are two different. Raging Bull Durham, that would be one H- hell of a movie. Hence, yeah, Bull Durham is not a boxing movie. No, so it is not. It's no it a baseball movie. And, Thank you. And, and I don't know. I, don't, I didn't like Kevin Costner in it and Susan Sarandon. You know, she was all right. But, um, Tim Robbins' uh, cameo in Anchorman was great, though. As, as yes. the PBS guy during the fight scene. Yes, and his... No commercials, no mercy. And his uh, appearance, his cameo in Austin Powers, where he played the President of the United States. Also solid, but not so good in Bull Durham. I, yeah, I can, I can kind of agree there. All right, well, if you want to let us know what you think is your most overrated movie, feel free to tweet us at TCRE Sports. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com backslash TCRE Sports. And you can find me at Brendan Queeley. Jimmy James Cook at James Cook 14 and Brett Summers at BA Sports Writer. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Get Around Podcast. I'm doing my best because Brett looks like he's about to break into laughter and I just want to see it happen, but uh, he seems like he's pulling himself together right now. Yep, putting on his old game face. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Get Around Podcast. Make sure that you come back next week and listen to episode number 20. Have a good day.